Hello and welcome back to the Bible Podcast. Today is January 7th and we're working through the book of Genesis. Today's reading covers Genesis chapters 18 and 19. And I find in chapter 18 there's a pretty interesting negotiation between Abraham and the Lord. And, you know, I don't know Abraham's tone in dealing with the Lord, but uh, it certainly proves the Lord's patience and understanding. Abraham seemed to think there was actually more righteous people than there were in Sodom. Let's begin chapter 18. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servant with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said. Do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, Hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough, and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat, and he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where is Sarah, your wife? the visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, How can a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. But the Lord said, No, you did laugh. Then the men got up from their meal and looked out toward Sodom. As they left, Abraham went out with them to send them on their way. Should I hide my plan from Abraham, the Lord asked? For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So the Lord told Abraham, I've heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I'm going down there to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. The other men turned and headed toward Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? Suppose you find fifty righteous people living there in the city. Will you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, destroying the righteous along with the wicked. Why would you be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same? Surely you wouldn't do that. Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right? 
And the Lord replied, If I find 50 righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, Since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am but dust and ashes. Suppose there are only 45 righteous people rather than 50. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 righteous people there. Abraham then pressed his request further. Suppose there's only 40. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of the 40. Please don't be angry, my Lord. Abraham pleaded, let me speak. Suppose only 30 righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. Then Abraham said, Since I have dared speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only 20. And the Lord replied, Then I will not destroy it for the sake of the 20. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose only 10 are found there. And the Lord replied, then I will not destroy it for the sake of the ten. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way, and Abraham returned to his tent. Genesis chapter 19. That evening the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom. Lot was sitting there, and when he saw them, he stood up to meet them. Then he welcomed them and bowed with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, Come to my home to wash your feet and be my guests for the night. You may then get up early in the morning and be on your way again. Oh no, they replied. We'll just spend the night out here in the city square. But Lot insisted, so at last they went home with him. Lot prepared a feast for them, complete with fresh bread made without yeast, and they ate. But before they retired for the night, all the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out so that we can have sex with them. So Lot stepped outside to talk to them, shutting the door behind him. Please, my brothers, he begged, don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do with them as you wish. But please leave these men alone, for they are my guests and under my protection. Stand back, they shouted. This fellow came to town as an outsider, and now he's acting like our judge. We'll treat you far worse than those other men. And they lunged toward Lot to break down the door. But the two angels reached out, pulled Lot into the house, and bolted the door. Then they blinded all the men, young and old, who were at the door of the house, so they gave up trying to get inside. Meanwhile, the angels questioned Lot, do you have any other relatives here in the city, they asked. Get them out of this place, your sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone else, for we are about to destroy this city completely. The outcry against this place is so great, it has reached the Lord. He has sent us to destroy it. So Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's fiancés, Quick, get out of the city. The Lord is about to destroy it. But the young men thought he was only joking. 
At dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now, or you will be swept away in the destruction of the city. When Lot still hesitated, the angel seized his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city, for the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, Run for your lives, and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains, or you will be swept away. Oh no, my lord, Lot begged. You have been so gracious to me and saved my life, and you have shown such great kindness, but I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster would catch up to me there, and I would soon die. See, there is a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said. I will grant your request. I will not destroy the little village. But hurry, escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. This explains why that village known as Zor, which means little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them, along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Abraham got up early that morning and hurried out to the place where he had stood in the Lord's presence. He looked out across the plain toward Sodom and Gomorrah and watched as columns of smoke rose from the cities like smoke from a furnace. But God had listened to Abraham's request and kept Lot safe, removing him from the disaster that engulfed the cities on the plain. Afterward, Lot left Zor because he was afraid of the people there and he went to live in a cave in the mountains with his two daughters. One day, the older daughter said to her sister, There are no men left anywhere in this entire area, so we can't get married like everyone else, and our father will soon be too old to have children. Come, let's get him drunk with wine, and then we'll have sex with him. That way we will preserve our family line through our father. So that night, they got him drunk with wine, and the older daughter went in and had intercourse with her father. He was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. The next morning, the older daughter said to her younger sister, I had sex with our father last night. Let's get him drunk with wine again tonight, and you go in and have sex with him. That way we will preserve our family line through our father. So that night, they got him drunk with wine again, and the younger daughter went in and had intercourse with him. As before, he was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. As a result, both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their own father. When the older daughter gave birth to a son, she named him Moab. He became the ancestor of the nation now known as the Moabites. When the younger daughter gave birth to a son, she named him Ben-Ami. He became the ancestor of the nation now known as the Ammonites. So folks, I read from the New Living Translation, the NLT. Uh, it's basically a study Bible. And the text is very, uh, I'm not going to call it plain, but it's very straightforward. And uh, for me, it's quite a bit easier to read and the translations are a little bit easier to understand. 
the message is the same, the translation and the verbiage is a little bit easier to comprehend. Um, our church, uh, we read through the Spirit-Filled Life Bible, and uh, I like I like this New Living Translation uh, because the study notes are also very simple. And uh, I want to read you the study notes on the daughter's plan uh, when they went into the father's chamber. So the study note says the daughter's plan worked and they each became pregnant by their own father. From these two incest-born sons came two perennial enemies of Israel, the nations of Moab and Ammon. Their grotesque wickedness was due in part to their origin. Both daughters chose ambiguous names that hinted at their actions without raising suspicion of those who did not know the story. Moab sounds like a Hebrew term that, that means from father. Ben-Ami means son of my kinsman. So pretty sneaky. To summarize, evil does come too early and stays too long. However, it doesn't last forever. Judgment will come and evil will end just as it did for Pol Pot. Now, a little bit of history. On January 7th in 1979, Pol Pot, one of the most diabolical leaders of this century, was overthrown. His Cambodian government fell to combined forces of Cambodian rebels and Vietnamese soldiers. The Khmer Rouge communists, led by Pol Pot, took full control of the Cambodian government and began to supervise the lives of the people closely. The government took over all business and all farms, killing large number of Cambodians. The sharp decline in agricultural production in Cambodia caused severe food shortages in the 1970s. At least one million Cambodians died as a result of execution, starvation, disease, or hard labor. So again, evil does come too early and it stays too long. However, it doesn't last forever. Judgment will come and evil will end. Sodom and Gomorrah were cities of extreme brutality, sexual perversion, and other incredible evils. Their day of judgment also came. God considered Abraham such a good friend that he wanted Abraham to know what he planned to do with the sinful cities. Abraham's nephew Lot resided in Sodom with his family. When God told Abraham about his plan, one of the most remarkable exchanges between God and man followed. Abraham interceded for the city. His concern spared Lot and his two daughters. Deeper thought. God opens his heart to those he finds as friends. Abraham's relationship with God was so intimate that God could share his plan and secrets with him. Fervent prayer works and is encouraged by our Lord. No doubt one of the reasons God told Abraham about his plan was so the patriarch could intercede for the wicked city. Sin, stripped of its shiny veneer, is raw, rotten, and dehumanizing. The despicable behavior of Sodom's residents shows the ugly underbelly of lustful rebellion. We always lose when we invest too much in this world. Lot, his wife, and family had given too much of themselves to Sodom and Gomorrah. They lost their loved ones. We must run from sin and never look back. Lot's wife paused to look back longingly at the burning cities. She was destroyed by an avalanche 
of molten rock and salt. So don't look back. Keep pressing forward. Let me end this with prayer. Let me be your friend, Lord, so that you might share your plans and secrets with me. Let me always run from sin. To God be the glory, and I'll see you on the next episode.